Hello, this is Diksha from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 28th of March. India recorded over 62,000 COVID-19 cases and 312 deaths in the last 24 hours. This is the highest rise in infections in a day in nearly five months. The nationwide COVID tally now stands at over 1 crore 19 lakh. More than 6.02 crore people have been vaccinated against COVID-19 in the country so far. In the wake of rising cases, the Maharashtra government yesterday imposed a ban on all social gatherings in the state. This came after Maharashtra recorded more than 35,000 new infections in the last 24 hours. Out of this, Mumbai accounted for over 6,100 cases, its highest ever single-day spike. The Yudhav Thakre government announced that restaurants, cinema halls, gardens and malls will remain shut between 8pm and 7am from Saturday night. People violating social gathering norms in public places will be fined Rs 1,000. The government also increased the fine for not wearing masks from 200 to 500. Delhi is also witnessing a spike in cases, recording more than 1,500 new cases in the last 24 hours, the highest spike since mid-December. The central government held a meeting yesterday with officials of 12 states and 46 districts that have been the worst affected by the pandemic. The centre recommended a five-fold strategy to the affected states and districts. They were asked to take stringent action over the next two weeks towards containment and contact tracing. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers. COVID-19 has infected more than 126 million people in the world so far and more than 2.77 million people have lost their lives to it. Global recoveries, meanwhile, have surged past 71.8 million. Our story of the week this time is the recent incidents of communal attacks in Uttar Pradesh and Delhi. We will come back to it later in the episode. West Bengal recorded a voter turnout of 82% in the first phase of voting for the Assembly election, while Assam, which also went to polls yesterday, recorded a turnout of 76.9%. Voting took place in Bengal and Assam for 30 and 47 seats respectively. While Mamta Banerjee's Trinamool Congress is fighting to win its third consecutive term in Bengal, the incumbent BJP government in Assam, led by CM Sarbananda Sonowal, is fighting to bag a second straight term. While polling remained largely peaceful in Assam, some incidents of violence were reported in Bengal, where the BJP and TMC are fighting an intense political battle. Hours before polling began in the state, the East Medhnipur district witnessed violence. Bombs were thrown and shots fired in the Bagbanpur constituency, news agency ANI reported. Two security personnel were reportedly injured. The election commission said that at least 10 people were arrested yesterday for their alleged involvement in violence in East and West Medhnipur. Two developments in Bengal stirred up political tension yesterday. The allegations and counter-allegations by parties on vote-rigging and violence and the audio leaks of purported phone calls by both the BJP and TMC. The BJP released a purported conversation of Mamta Banerjee asking former TMC worker Praloy Pal to come back to the party and help with Nandigram polls. Meanwhile, the second audio clip was leaked from the TMC camp of an alleged conversation between BJP leaders Mukul Roy and Shishir Bajoria on ways to influence the election commission. In the context of these allegations, a 10-member TMC delegation led by Sudeep Bandhopadhyay met the election commission in Kolkata yesterday. The TMC's Soham Chakrabarti, the candidate for Chandipur, flagged EVM issues in Kanti Uttar constituency, while his party colleague Derek O'Brien wrote to the Election Commission alleging discrepancies in voter turnout in Kanti Dakshin. 
a BJP delegation led by National General Secretary Kailash Vijayvargiya also wrote to the Chief Electoral Officer yesterday, alleging that there were several instances of violent behaviour by quote-unquote TMC goons. News Laundry's Manisha Pandey, Meghnath S., Parikshit Sanyal and independent journalist Nigdentu Bhattacharya were reporting on the ground yesterday from constituencies that went to the polls. In their latest video report on newslaundry.com, they explained the contents of the audio clips and their implications. They also discussed the reactions of both the camps to the audio leaks. Check out the report on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Watch, War of Leaked Audios Between TMC and BJP in Bengal. Bengal aside, our teams are currently in Kerala, Assam and Tamil Nadu reporting on the political dynamics at play and the issues that impact the lives of voters from corruption to social and economic metrics and much more. We are bringing you the stories that matter this election, unlike a section of the media that often runs political banter and name-calling as election coverage. You can catch our election coverage on our social media handles and under the Assembly Elections 2021 section of newslaundry.com. Remember, government advertising accounts for a sizable chunk of the revenue of big media. These ads have strings attached. The government uses ads as a stick to beat journalism into compliance. This is why at newslaundry.com, we do not take ads from government and corporates. We run solely on the support of our subscribers who pay to keep news free. So, if you want news to be factual and fair, Without political agenda, support us today by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. BJP MLA Arun Narang was allegedly beaten up by a group of farmers protesting the centre's farm laws in Muktasar district of Punjab yesterday. Narang was reportedly attacked when he went to the area with local leaders to address a press conference. He was allegedly surrounded by protesters who threw black ink on him, according to the police, who then took him into a nearby shop for protection. The police said that when Narang later emerged from the shop, the protesters allegedly beat him up and tore his clothes. The MLA later described the incident as a murderous attack. A senior police official also sustained minor injuries. The senior superintendent of police, Muktasar District, D. Sudharvizi, told the Tribune that a case of attempt to murder was being registered based on the complaint from the injured police official. Darshan Pal of the Samyukt Kisan Morcha, an umbrella body of farmer unions, later condemned the incident. Pal also appealed to all those protesting to remain peaceful and disciplined. Chief Minister Amrinder Singh condemned the incident, as did the Congress, the BJP, and the Shiromani Akali Dal. In another development in Punjab, the state government has issued a notification to set up a Brahmin welfare board in the state, the Indian Express reported. According to the notification, the board would identify the needs and problems of the Brahmin community and suggest measures for their redressal. Opposition members from the Shiromani Akali Dal and BJP called it a political move. Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh said today that a retired High Court judge will investigate the corruption allegations made against him. He said, and I quote, Maharashtra Chief Minister Udhav Thakre has decided that the allegations levelled against me by former Mumbai Police Commissioner Parambir Singh will be probed by a retired High Court judge. Unquote. Deshmukh had written a letter to the Chief Minister on Thursday asking him to probe the allegations. Singh had accused Deshmukh of extorting money from bars, restaurants and hookah parlours in Mumbai. In a letter to Thakre, the former police chief wrote that suspended crime branch officer Sachin Vaze had told him that Deshmukh had asked him to collect 100 crore rupees every month through illegal channels. 
Deshmukh had brushed off the allegations made by Singh, claiming that the police officer was trying to cover up for himself after mishandling the Ambani security scare case. Coming back to our story of the week. In recent weeks, increasing instances of communal violence have come to light from northern India. The most recent incident took place in BJP-ruled Uttar Pradesh, which had enacted a law against religious conversions last year. On March 19th, four Christian women, including two nuns and two postulants, were verbally harassed and forced off a train in UP's Jhansi. They were forced to deboard the train by railway personnel and some fellow passengers identified as ABVP workers. The railway staff and ABVP workers falsely accused them of engaging in forced religious conversions. The nuns and postulants belonged to the Sacred Heart Convent under the Kerala-based Syro Malabar Church. They were taken off the Utkal Express starting from Delhi to Raurkela and detained for questioning by railway police in Jhansi. A video on social media showing the women being heckled prompted outrage across Kerala. On March 24, Kerala Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan sent a letter to Union Home Minister Amit Shah condemning the incident. Vijayan demanded action against quote-unquote all groups and individuals who disrupt and impair the freedom of individual rights guaranteed by the constitution. On the same day, Amit Shah, while addressing a rally in pole-bound Kerala, said that his party's government in Uttar Pradesh will ensure that the culprits are brought to justice. The attack came days after the Ghaziabad police in the state arrested a man and his associate for allegedly beating a Muslim boy for drinking water in a temple. In another instance of communal violence this week, the Delhi police arrested a man on March 24 for reportedly assaulting a man and forcing him to shout Hindustan Zindabad and Pakistan Murdabad. The incident took place in northeast Delhi's Khajuri Khas area on March 23. The assailant was identified as Ajay Goswami, a resident of the old Garhi village and a dairy trader. Incidentally, Goswami is an accused in the 2020 communal violence and was recently released on bail, according to the DCP of Northeast Delhi, Sanjay Kumar Sen. The video of the incident, which was widely circulated on social media, was recorded by one Deepak who is yet to be arrested. The video showed the victim lying on the ground while Goswami held his collar. The victim faintly chanted the slogans while a voice off-screen asked him to speak louder. Goswami then picked up the victim and threw him on the ground. The incident comes a month after the one-year anniversary of the communal carnage in northeast Delhi where 53 people were killed. The police have been accused of inaction, even complicity in some of the incidents of violence, mostly in Muslim neighborhoods. On Wednesday, the central government told the Lok Sabha that as many as 755 FIRs have been registered and 1,829 people arrested in connection with the violence. News laundries Ayush Tiwari and Basant Kumar have reported on the carnage for the past year, first on the violence itself and then on its fallout. As part of a news laundry SENA project titled Investigating the Delhi Riots, they found multiple irregularities in how the police investigation took place including fake eyewitness statements and Muslims falsely being accused of murdering other Muslims. One Sajid Khan was even made an accused in his own case. Do check out Ayush and Basant's latest report on this titled Delhi Carnage How Police Made Sajid Khan an Accused in His Own Case. You can find this and all other reports on the Delhi violence on our website under the Sena section. Now for some news from the world of arts and culture. Indian writer Taran Khan has won the 2021 Stanford Dolman Travel Book of the Year prize for her debut novel Shadow City A Woman Walks Kabul. 
The annual literary award given in association with the Authors Club is one of the two prizes under the Edward Stanford Travel Writing Awards. It is named after Edward Stanford, the publisher of the Stanford's Guides Travel Guide books. Khan's book tells the story of a journey through the streets of Kabul, with Khan writing about how the city has changed with 3000-year-old ruins sharing space with beauty salons and Parisian-themed wedding halls. Now for some international updates. People protesting against the military rule across Myanmar today mourned the killings of at least 114 people by security forces a day after the most brutal crackdown since the military takeover on February 1st. Yesterday on the country's Armed Forces Day, more than 100 anti-coup protesters including children were shot and killed by security forces. The country also witnessed some of the heaviest clashes between the army and ethnic armed groups that control parts of the country. Reuters reported that military jets had killed at least 3 people in a raid on a village controlled by an armed group from the Karen minority. The Karen National Union group had earlier said it had overrun an army post near the Thai border, killing 10 people. The airstrike sent villagers fleeing into the jungle. Yesterday's military attacks and killings of protesters drew international criticism. A United Nations investigator said that the military was carrying out mass murder. United States Ambassador Thomas Wajda said that the bloodshed was horrifying, adding, and I quote, "Myanmar's people have spoken clearly. They do not want to live under military rule." Unquote. The European Union delegation to Myanmar said that Saturday would quote unquote forever stay engraved as a day of terror and dishonor. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. and subscribe to our youtube channel